Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.、A、laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah,、oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to the Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another great fan guest. Her Anna McNeely Gumby Cat jumpsuit is currently on display at the New Broadway Museum in New York City, and she has over 2,400 unique items from the show, which could possibly be one of the largest cats memorabilia collections in the world. She has a cats costume rental business and is a massive cats fan. So, welcome, Christine Bogle. Thank you for joining me. Hello, it's nice to be here. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I'm excited to to hear from you. I think you. I don't know. I've never heard anybody that has a larger memorabilia collection. So we'll get to that. But、sure. we got to start at the beginning. When did you become a Cats fan? How did it start? Like, what was your first interaction with the show? My first interaction with the show was、um, when I was 12 years old. And、um, I came from a privileged background, but it was a background that was. Sort of where we were provided for, but we had sort of、um, a, a sort of a dysfunctional household, and we、okay. had everything we could want, but it was so incredibly dysfunctional. And、um, literally, I was having a serious hard time. And I remember in the summer of 1982, I was 12 years old. My parents had divorced, and I was kind of floundering. I was doing very badly in school, and、um, This was before they had found out that kids were starting to develop something called autism and Aspergers. And、mm-hmm. I was particularly a very lonely child. I really didn't have a lot of friends or anything like that. And it all came to a head in the summer of 1982. And my family had left. To go somewhere, and I was alone in the house, and I was just laying on my bed, and the window was open, and it was summer, and it was kind of late summer, and the breeze is blowing in, and this, I had my radio tuned to a soft rock station, and I hear this song come on the radio. I'm laying down, and instantly, like a magnet, just pulled me upwards, and I go to the side of my bed. I'm looking out the window and I'm hearing the strains of this song sung by this woman, and it was Barbra Streisand singing "Memory," and I was like,、hmm. 
all I knew was that this song that I was listening to, I had chills going up and down my body. And I didn't know what it was, but I knew that it was important, important, mm. very important. And I didn't know at the time how important it would be, but it was important. And I, I remember hearing the song and I can see myself still in the room and the dust and the lights coming off the sunlight and the sound of the lawnmowers. And she's just singing the song called Memory. And it just really spoke to me at 12 years old, you know, because I was, I felt like I was so different, you know, growing up. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I frantically wrote down the name of the song and um, the singer, Barbara Streisand. I knew that my mom liked Barbara Streisand. I heard this song. I wanted to hear it again, like instantly. But I ran downstairs and I grabbed all my mom's records. And she had like, you know, all the great crooners, you know, and Barry Manilow. And she had Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and Barbara Streisand. So I'm, I look, I find a Barbara Streisand album that she has. And it's one of the old ones. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. So I definitely, I wanted to hear the song again so badly, but it was 1982. And literally, mm -hmm. children, there's no internet. There's no instant gratification yeah. here right now. <laughs> okay, if you wanted to hear something again, you had to listen to it, wait for it on the radio and get lucky. And I waited the whole week to try and hear the song again. Desperately, my mom, you know, we're in the car. I'm like, mom, turn it to that station, turn it to, turn it to the soft rock, you know, station. And um, I was unlucky. I didn't get it. So that weekend and um, the next weekend, my dad, you know, took us out and he would, you know, he had visitation rights. So um, we were going out shopping at the shopping mall. And to get your music, you had to go to the record store. So I'm going in there and I'm like, Barbara Streisand, Barbara Streisand, Barbara Streisand, I got to find that song. I go to the singles. It's not there. I go to her section, the Barbara section. It's not there. And I'm like, everything could have stopped right there completely. I would have never have gone into anything with cats if I had not walked down the aisle when my dad called me to the cashier. I'm at the very edge of the rack and I look to my right. Something made me look to the right. And I look down and I see this black LP record album and there's these two yellow splotches on it. <laughs> and, you know, I look at it and instantly I could see that there were the splotches weren't splotches, they were dancers. And a lot of people have told me they've looked at the eyes mm -hmm. and they have never seen, you know, the dancing characters. I saw it instantly. It was, a, it was a male dancer and it was a female dancer. And I saw it instantly. I just had that ability to see it. And I pulled it up and, you know, I'm like, cats. And then I put it down and then I like look to the right and there's a sticker on it and it says, featuring the, featuring the hit song Memory. And I'm like, oh my God, I, this song says Memory on it. Oh my God. Barbara Streisand's Barbara Streisand's in this weird album. I got to find out what it is. I turn it around and I see just nothing, no pictures. And I'm like, oh God. I look at it and there's nothing but just white text, like a Star Wars white text scroll going down the back yeah. of it. And I turn over and the record album's heavy. It's a, it's a two album set. I look at the price, $22. And my dad's never going to let me get this. This is way too expensive. So I pick it up and I grab it. I'm 12 years old. Okay, I go to my dad. I go, Dad, Dad, this is the song I really want is on this album. It's Barbara Streisand. Please, please, can I can I buy this record album? I know it's so expensive. Blah blah blah. And then he goes, Oh, I've seen that. That's a that's a Broadway musical about uh, people dressed up as cats. And I said, Barbara Streisand's in it, Dad. And he's like, 
hmm, okay. My dad was an arts guy. Okay, even though he worked in the military, he's in the arts force mm-hmm. in the air force. He's an arts guy. You know, he liked symphonies. He liked operas. He, he loved the Broadway shows. He saw a lot of the greats. He saw, I believe that he saw Rex Harrison, and I think he saw Yul Brenner in The King and I. And then I know for sure he saw Joel Gray front row like two days after the opening of Cabaret. So my dad was a big arts mm. guy, and. I said, I want, I want this song. And he's all, well, okay, I'll get it for you. But um, why don't you get the cassette tape? You know, and um, you can listen to it on my Sony Walkman. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, but I didn't realize, you know, Sony Walkmans at the time were really like a phenomenal invention. You could carry your music around with you. So you could put your headphones on and go yeah. jogging or jazzercise or whatever. And it was like the first time you could actually have portable music. So my dad convinced me to buy the cassette because it was cheaper and I could carry it around. And my dad had a Walkman and he promised to get us one for Christmas. And he also said... On the way out, he goes, that Broadway musical, I really want to see it. And you said you wanted to go see Annie. Maybe this Christmas will take you up to New York to see the show. You can see Annie or Cats, you know, whichever one. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay. But I wasn't excited because I was I didn't know anything about Cats. And I thought, oh, okay, we'll see Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Literally, I thought, this, I when I before I listened to the music or read about it or the lyrics or anything, I thought it was a show about Barbara Streisand and she was singing memories of her life. And I thought she must be this old senior citizen lady singing about her old cats. I mean, like <laughs> the old cats she used to own, you know, through her life or something. That's what I thought the show was about um, because there was no pictures, nothing. It was completely blind. I didn't know anything. And I, I, you know, we had, seen movie musicals annie and greece and we danced to them you know downstairs in the basement and things like that mm-hmm. and um i was like i get this music in my at my dad's apartment and um we were only allowed to listen to his walkman for a half an hour we had to share it it was my older brother and it was me and my sister so we had to share it so i, I put on cats but i only could listen to the first side of the, the act one cassette and i have no idea what i'm listening to I'm completely like baffled. I'm like jellical cats, jellical. Yeah. I just wanted to listen to memory. I didn't understand what was going on. And so I only listened all the way up to Buster for Jones. And then when I got it back, very we were going to leave. And I thought, I got to listen to memory before I leave. So I listened to it and it's not Barbara Streisand. So it's a different woman's voice. And there's this little girl child singing at the beginning of it and i I thought what it's like oh my god it's so cute she's singing a little girl is singing and and, you know and i was like what so i was very confused um because when i opened up the cassette all i had were the lyrics you know no pictures nothing no pictures at all yeah and i kind of put it away but then I kept going back to it when I got my Walkman. And then I remember seeing somewhere in the spring, we never went up to New York, of course. Things were getting crazy. And my mom wanted to move to the West Coast where my grandparents were. So we were getting ready for a move. And it was late at night and we would stayed up a little bit later, my brother and sister and I. And we were watching the TV. And at that time, they were starting to do, New York was starting, New York Board of Tourism was starting to do this I Love New York campaign. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, you it, saw the infamous commercial, the commercial, right? Yes. Okay, this is what yeah. happened. And 
I had seen it before in passing with the chorus line members and some of the other people. And it's I'm sitting on the couch and my brother and sister are in front of the TV. And then all of a sudden I see on, on screen Terry Mann as Tugger and Donna King as Bombalerina. And Terry's crouched over there with the fog and the, you know, the fake city side behind him, city set behind him. And he goes, We cats love New York. And I I vaulted off the couch and I I I fell over the coffee table and I'm like in between my brother and sister, don't turn off the TV. And I hear my mom's all like, come on, you kids, go to bed. And so I heard, saw the I Love New York commercial. And it was the first time I'd ever seen the characters. And because I've been listening to them for months. And the first time I'd ever seen him. And I remember thinking, that's what Mistopheles looks like. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, I'm, oh my God, I've got to see more of this. And they didn't have the tire commercial out yet, or I didn't get to see the Cats That Leap commercial. So only thing I had mm-hmm. with these characters in my head of what they looked like and how they sounded and moved in, you know, in space was the I Love New York commercial. And as it's, fate would have it, I never saw it again. It took me years, years. It took me at least 15 years to find that commercial with traders, with people trading Broadway stuff. It took that long. It's so it's crazy. It's so interesting to hear her say this because it's like <laughs> it is like compared to the time we're living in now yeah. where there's TikTok influencers mm-hmm. and people going and sharing everything yes. that you can get a pretty good taste of everything you want to hear. And that commercial you can find on YouTube. Exactly. So yeah. it's like you can just go back. Mm-hmm. And even yep. in the music, you know, there's a you don't mm-hmm. even have to think. You can just you can go to Google and hum the lyrics exactly. and they'll tell you what they'll the song was. Yeah. And at the time yeah. I was I was a brand new fan and it was part of my teenage life and the way they had started the show was like is the curiosity killing you yet and with the commercial and they had nothing that mm-hmm. people had to go in there blind and um as luck would have it um we moved in 83 and then about four months later uh, the first national tour came to washington dc so i missed it by mm-hmm. four months and my dad went to go see it and then he came back and he gave me more info and he gave me pictures and programs and things like that because he knew how much I loved it. So this is yeah. going, so when was the first time you yeah, saw this it? Was going into the first time. So I was I was 14 and then he said, for your 16th birthday, I'll take you to see Cats. And I went, um, I got my date right here. Um, I went out the day after my birthday, August 15th, 1985. And my father took me on a business trip to Chicago. So I saw the, I saw the show in Chicago at the Schubert Theater. And um, he got tickets last minute. So he had seen it before, but he kind of knew what was going on. But mm-hmm. he wasn't a really good person that would just go on the phone and wait for hours and you know, get the best yeah. seats. Okay. So we were up in the back. And very different uh, than now. We arrived, where you can just yeah, like go now. online and get them. You had to, like, you had to, you had to go get tickets. You had to either get at the box office and point, I want to sit there, yeah. third row on the aisle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You had to be physically in person or you had to call on. Ticketmaster, Telecharge, whatever it was, and hang on the phone for at least an hour, or you get busy signals to buy anything. You know, Phantom of the Opera tickets with Michael Crawford. We were on the phone for two hours. We were on the phone for hours yeah. and hours, and we get bumped Such off and have to call different, again. Different, different world. It was crazy. It was totally different. Yeah. And um, the way they were, you know, I was going back to the way they were advertising the show was busy. What was basically, you go in blind. You see a couple of grainy mm-hmm. pictures in the newspaper, and you may see a commercial. And it was word of mouth. It was all word of mouth. You've got to see this crazy, spectacular, you know, show that's in town right now. And that's how the show got its popularity and its allure, because it was literally 
it was it was a show that you really didn't know much about but that mm-hmm. up until the internet time that's how shows were were produced and marketed yeah, yeah. i mean literally oh, if yeah. you were going to go see the king and i you, you unless you were like working on the show or you had friends in the show you didn't know anything about it you'd see a poster and you say hmm okay my friends my friend said that show's pretty cool let's go see it and then you walk in and i think that's audiences were way more um amazed i think they were more uh, yeah open. Well, you had a captive audience more and captive audience, you have your exactly. phone in your lap exactly there's a lot less there's distractions, distractions there's not anything. the video yeah, yeah it's just were... a different totally different time exactly i mean honestly there's <laughs> some benefit to it it, was. Compared it really to, really was to now yeah it was literally people went in completely blind and that's how I went in to see Cats. I had seen one commercial on TV, and I'd just been listening. Now, you have to listen. realize I, shall, I found out about the show in 82, and I didn't see it for three or four years later. And I listened to that so Broadway cast album of, of the cassette album. And eventually I got the LP and the book of the musical. But the pictures were so grainy and so dark and so small that I literally obsessed over these pictures. I was like, wow, like that's Mistopheles. And, and the book of the musical is... is I don't know the Broadway version. They, there were so many better pictures. When I found the New York Public Library online of the pictures they took of Martha Swope's pictures, I thought they could have used so much better pictures. Uh, it's just <laughs> the worst pictures in that book. Just awful. The only picture I loved was Cynthia's Victoria because you could see her face and you could see mm-hmm. the design of her wig. And I, I mean, I love that. It was beautiful. Um, so, so I'm, I'm, I would there. love to hear. Yeah, I'm. This, this is great. I'm in the theater in the very back row of the balcony and I can't see a thing. I have like literally on the very top of the theater and it was me. I walk in and I see the set for the first time and I'm blown away and I rush all the way down to the railing and I'm literally perched over the railing. I'm looking down at this amazing set. And back then um, it took about 18 semi trailers to bring the show across the country mm-hmm. I mean, the set, if people have not seen it now, it's really rinky-dink now. It's just like, it looks like a high school production. It's inflatable. Yeah. It's inflatable no, not now even, Not anymore. No, it looks like a high school production now. It's it's bare bones. The tour, the tour one right now is yeah. inflatable. Yeah, it's bare bones. I mean, literally bare bones. But back then, they, were, they built it all the way out. So the walls were covered. The walls had lighting built into it. There's junkyard going all the way down into the aisles. And and um, it was it was crazy when I saw it. I was like, whoa. I mean, uh, it, was, it was insane. So we go and see the show. The show starts. I'm in the center. My dad's in between me and my dad's friend. And I see the green-eyed cats running up and down the aisles. I didn't know that was going to happen. So I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're running through the aisles. And then this, all of a sudden, I'm looking over, and this cat comes and sits down on my dad's friend's lap. And all I see is this silver, <laughs> black and white back. And I'm like... I didn't know it was Monka Strap at the time. And I'm like, oh my God. And they're sitting on, what's going on? And I was just loving it. I was loving it. I was so happy. And uh, I love, there's, there was so many different choreography bits that I saw on the first part of the show that have just been completely gone now, completely been mm-hmm. obliterated. Um, I liked it on tour because they had balconies. They had platforms above, yeah. uh, on the sides. And when Grizabella gets chased away by uh, Tumble, she ran up the platform and then she watched the rest of the Jellicle Ball from the top of the right platform, 
looking down at them. Mm. She wasn't on the on the boot or anything. She was over them. And I love that because I was up in the balcony and she was right there. And there was a blue light mm. on her and all shimmery. And she's looking down and she's she's like she's pretending to do the movements up on the balcony, not on the back of the car or, or on the boot. So I thought that was beautiful. And um, I saw the flying trapeze and oh my God, it was really, really great. Yeah. And um, intermission comes and I go down to the front of the railing and look over and I see a line of people being let up onto the stage and they were going up there to get autographs and signed by old Deuteronomy. And my mouth dropped open because my dad didn't told me that. And he kept that from me. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm, going down so i go out to the lobby and my dad's getting a drink and i said dad i'm going downstairs i'm going downstairs i'll be back and i had my program and everything and a pen and i'd gone and shuffled around and i knew i didn't have a lot of time this was my first broadway show i'd ever seen i rushed to the staircase and there's a red velvet rope attached to the staircase wall and an usher in front of it. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, nobody can go down from the balconies and mezzanine to the lower lobby floor. And I was, okay, this was unacceptable. (laughs) So I went to the other side and the same thing. And I like, we were trapped up in the balcony in the mez. We couldn't go down because they needed to clear the stage. And they had so many people up on the stage from the orchestra level. And Oh, I was, oh my God, I thought this was, oh, I was, I was so crushed. I was so crushed. Um, So the show, you know, I watched the whole thing and then my dad says, um, oh man, my, my, my dad went to try and try and talk to the ushers, both ushers. He went to both. My daughter's a really big fan of the show. You know, she wants to go down and see the characters. Can she go up on stage? Blah, 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 blah. It's her first time seeing it, her first Broadway show. He did everything to try and get me down there, but they, they wouldn't let us down. So the curtain call comes and my dad says, come on, I'll take you down there. We'll put, we'll let you go and kind of sit, stand in the back of the orchestra so you can see him up close. So we did, we went down there and the curtain calls going on. They're all making their bows. And one of the side of the front center doors is open and there's an usher there. And my dad's all like, hey, can my daughter go in now? Now? <laughs> and I'm like, just, she wants to go in around the door and stand in the back. No, no. And so the usher's in front of me and I'm seeing the actors on stage giving their bows. And that was the end of the show. And um, the second time I saw it was um, with a drama club in high school. And I was on the balcony in the Los Angeles production. And I got to see a little mm-hmm. bit closer. But again, at the time, if you were in the balconies, you were not allowed to go back on down on the stage. Okay, you yeah. had to be down on the orchestra. So it took me to the fourth time I saw Cats, um, where I got to be down in the front row. And I got to go up on stage. And I met Calvin Remsburg as Dute. And then I said... Sometimes he's asleep and sometimes he's talking to people. And then Calvin goes, oh, it's just how you want to play him. Because Calvin liked to talk to people. So I thought that was just amazing. And the first time I walked on the set, I was like, and I saw him, man. I was like, I was completely hooked. Completely hooked. How many times have you seen it live? I'd say around 115 times. I I really have no way of knowing at this point. I know it's over 100. I'd have to go back through all my stuff and count each program each ticket and yeah. each, I saved each ticket and I saved each program, but I never was obsessed enough that I was going to keep the to, number to number it yeah, yeah. and to like store every single ticket in binders. You know, I, I was more interested in articles mm-hmm. and things like that. 
We'll be back after this short break. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, so I, I want to. That's a great pivot. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about your memorabilia collection mm-hmm. and how you started. You know, like what was kind of the the first piece you collected? How did you start collecting, and mm-hmm. and where is it kind of like taking off to today? Like, what's maybe your your most favorite piece or most interesting piece? Oh, okay. The first piece I ever got was um, from my one of my best friends, Hector Montalvo, who was sort of the unofficial mascot of the Broadway show. Now, he, I met him. By writing a letter, I saw an interview with him on Variety, um, uh, or is it Vanity Variety magazine backstage, and they had done a small piece on him, and I wrote to him, and the letter actually got delivered to him at the Winter Garden, which it was amazing that that happened. And um, I started talking with him, and I met him, you know, we saw the Broadway show together, blah, blah, blah. Well, one Christmas, he, the cat's... Um, cast were making ornaments and they were taking some of the old ripped up unitards and tails and and you know warmers and they were knitting and and making little sewing little tiny um little tiny ornaments little round balls and little tiny bags you know like drawstring bags made of the made of the Mm -hmm. actual fabric and he knew that i loved um victoria (laughs) so he got me a cynthia on rubia um scrap of unitard it's a little little tiny thing about that big and um it had the cats who care um uh equity fights aids ribbon on it i still have it It as the first thing i ever got that was a original oh wow it was the first original piece of fabric or anything i got from the show and um it had a little fuzzy he made sure to get one with a fuzzy on it and some actual painting on it because some of them were kind of bare you know Mm -hmm. um with a couple of maybe like play-doh with some you know, scratch some markings at top, but he made sure to get me an, yeah. a, a Cynthia, and um, it was signed by Cynthia and Rubia too. So that was that was pretty cool. So that so was, was my first, first thing. piece, and yeah, my first piece. And then, yeah, and then what? Like, how did you get to the point where today, where you said you have over twenty four hundred pieces of? Is it stuff <laughs> that you're finding online and buying? Is it stuff yeah. that you're getting from cast members? Like, what is the most of it? Where does it mostly come from? Um, most of it came from online. Yeah, when eBay started. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty much how everybody got stuff is on eBay. And um, I didn't really start collecting until eBay, really. And that just opened up okay. the floodgates. I mean, that enabled me to get every single UK brochure ever published. And, um, you know, things like that. I started collecting program 
programs because I was so obsessed with the show. And around um, the time I met Hector and was starting to see Broadway, I started to become interested in the other international versions, the French version, Mm -hmm. the Hungarian version, the Japanese version. So I was literally going to the libraries and finding the addresses of these theaters. And I would, I would put $60 cash and I'd shove it into a, um, a plain nondescript envelope. And I'd say, you know, cats program brochure. And I would you know track down the name. So they cut a gist of what they wanted and it was hopefully enough to pay for shipping. And nine times out of 10, these theaters would send me their brochures. So I was starting to collect awesome. brochures and, um, Sometimes I even get them signed. I mean, I got the China, uh, I got the Swiss, the Swedish uh, China Teatron, and it was completely signed. I was like, oh my God, wow. wow. So it was like with a letter I wrote in English and I put about 60 bucks in the in the thing and they sent it back. Because um, I had just, they literally translated my letter because they hadn't seen anything like this before. American yeah. fan is so crazy about cats. And, um, and again, this is all pre-internet. pre-internet. Like, there's not, that was you're not like shooting an email to them. Yep. Yeah, that's that's exactly. such a cool piece because yeah. it is a like there are still some productions. I've interviewed I think over twenty different productions, people mm-hmm. from twenty different productions, yeah. and I didn't know most of these productions existed. Oh yeah, and yeah. it is kind of fascinating to see of like wow, there's this like nuanced mm-hmm. piece and it is some difference and some unique yeah, parts, and exactly. then there's things that go for fifteen years but are on the same mm-hmm. tour. Uh, so to hear that mm-hmm. it was something you were tracking down, I was so pre. I was, the Wikipedia page to tell me that yeah. um, is crazy. It's really cool. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I was so obsessed around the early 90s. I had I had gone back to um, Washington, D.C. to live with my dad. I went to um, a very prestigious art school called the Corcoran School of Art. as blocks away from the White House. And I was also a, a couple metro rides away from the Library of Congress. So I would go into the Library of Congress mm-hmm. and I would track down the Vogue magazine article. I tracked down the Time magazine article. They saved everything. So I would go and I would I would spend three or four hours looking at microfiche. I would go, okay, Des Moines, Iowa, Cats was there on this date. And I would go and microfiche everything and I would copy. And, you know, back then the copies, the color copies were terrible, the $1.50 each and uh, regular black and white was like 10, 15 cents. So I had to carry all this change to the Library of Congress. <laughs> I mean, I was literally, I was crazy. I was like, yeah, I'm going to track down all this stuff. So when I found out the foreign language, I, I got the uh, German Hamburg um, uh, uh, CD first. And then I was just like, oh, i got to find out more about these productions. And then I found out about Japan and just started collecting from there. And then when eBay came out, I started going more after I wanted costumes. I wanted actual pieces of mm-hmm. Um I had a lot of pictures, a lot of photos, a lot of news articles. I had uh, you know, bootlegs, I had cassettes, I had LPs, tons of stuff already. And then a lot of the stuff was rare. I mean, stuff you would never be able to find, like the Hungarian you know, souvenir brochure, you're never able to find it. The Mexican brochure, my dad went down to Mexico to visit our relatives and he got like every single news article from Mexico and the brochure when he saw the show there. So yeah. he saw it. These are me. things that like you had to, yeah, you basically crazy. had to know somebody you had to at know, the theater. Yeah, you had to know somebody. Yeah, because yeah. they're not, they're not online. They're not selling there was them. No they're internet not, until... either someone had to go mm-hmm. and take it and put it there or you had to know somebody at the theater. You had to know Is somebody, there a piece yeah. you're missing? That you like, what's your dream piece of memorabilia from the show that 
that you don't have that you wish you owned? I was thinking about this today, and then I just looked down at my uh, I looked down at my my book here. I can show you. <laughs> it's a dream piece. It's something that I would absolutely go absolutely crazy for. And I don't know if you know about it or not, but it is. It could be a dream piece for everybody, and it's not a costume piece. Um, I gotta find it here. Do, 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 do. Where is it? Oh, it's it's somewhere in here. I'm looking. There's like 50 pages in here. It is the Avedon photo shoot. This hmm. is for me would be the absolute holy grail for cats. They took the original cast members and they brought them to Michael Avedon's studio for Vogue. And they photographed them in all these different poses. And this photo session, you know, the red poster where they're all in the, the yeah. tower? It's from this session. Mm -hmm. And they're right now on uh, on um, Instagram, there is a page called the Cat's Winter Garden Theater. And there's a lot of mm -hmm. behind the scenes, extra photos I've never seen. They must have taken about 100 photos. And every character is photographed. Really high res and everything. I mean, beautiful Cynthia and everyone everybody everybody is photographed and i think they spent a whole day at michael avedon's doing those photos and i have several photos that um, um negatives but i don't have the whole set there must be at least 50 to 100 photos that were taken on in that photo session and i would do anything to get in it, to get those photos because they're the original broadway wow. cast yeah and every everybody was photographed in various poses the the um the they did four or five different renditions of the the red poster, you know, the famous red poster, mm -hmm. you know, it, mm -hmm. and Donna's on the other side, you know, it's, it's crazy. That's crazy. But some of the pictures are showing yeah. up again, but I would love to have those poster size, the whole set, yeah. that high res where I could see even the pores, you know, that would be for me. Yeah. And it's not a costume, which is crazy. It's not a costume at all. It's those photographs. It's mm -hmm. those expressions and the, the body poses that they're in and, and, you know, that for me would just be like, wow. I mean, wow, there were so many photos, well, we're, so many photos. We're putting this out to the world yeah. of a lot of Cats fans. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully if somebody, if someone knows yeah. they can get in touch with you. I would love the Avedon figure out a way. pictures. I would, I would just love them and especially in high res because a lot of the ones I have are kind of dark and grainy, but mm -hmm. I would love them in high res. Those beautiful. Yeah. I have a, I have two or three. I have a beautiful one of Grizabella against the red poster background because they filmed it. They took the picture in front of a, a red. They had different colored backgrounds: so the white background, the red background, the blue one. And um, yeah, she's she's like this. She's like oh, so beautiful. Mm -hmm. A really really beautiful photo of Betty Buckley. Really nice. Yeah, I would love yeah. all those. I want to hear a little bit a little bit about the other parts of your fandom because i know mm -hmm. you again you've you've been a fan since the pre-internet mm -hmm. age and for for years you've yeah. collected you've got your own costume rental business yeah. um but i think like there's some there's some parts of like that you had some websites that you were the musicals.net you know almost before mm -hmm. and some some stories with mm -hmm. that fandom so tell me a little bit about that part of your cats fandom um that like that section of it when it was this almost wild west before yeah like yeah. modern internet i would call it <laughs> yeah the beginning this is like pre-internet pre-internet pre -internet, yeah. yeah yeah um i think the day i got the internet and hooked up i went to musicals.net i typed in cats musical broadway mm -hmm. and immediately i got shunted to musicals.net so i signed in as um victoria the white cat uh, w uh, VT WC 
<laughs> and that yeah. was my handle, VTWC. It's, it's so long ago. Um, but still, people know as me online as Victoria the Red Cat. And um, I just started posting there. And um, this was when the Cats video came out. And a lot of fans were, were being exposed to Cats first with the video. And um, I thought the video was okay, but since it was the UK version, I was a little disappointed because, you know, I, I was, if you're raised with a certain look of, of the characters and that's kind of what you were raised with, you're kind of a little adamant that things shouldn't change. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I didn't like the mismatch of the, uh, Strap is in his full Broadway costume. He's not in the UK, he's in, he's in Broadway. He's got the Broadway wig on, the Broadway tail, um, Strap Gruber. And then you have the UK version, you know, and they're wearing the Broadway tails with the yarn, but the wigs are all different. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of new fans coming in. And um, I didn't really know what to make of them because a lot of them were, um, they were kind of writing things into the show that I, I wasn't raised with. And, um, mm. and I was like, okay, this, we're making things a little too complicated. <laughs> It's a little too complicated, you know. Um, and um, I, I just, I don't know. I don't. It was a hard time for me at that time. It was really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really hard. It was it. Was it a? Because I mean, I think that that's always an interesting part for me as mm-hmm. someone who's basically made stuff up on the fly on the backstory because I've mm-hmm. focused on that versus talking to fans and someone mm-hmm. like you and some of the other fans I've talked to where mm-hmm. you know you have your you know more you know way more than I do about mm-hmm. the show. Yes. Um, <laughs> And, and that's like, you know, that is what you're saying is almost what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of challenging in a sense mm-hmm. of where there's there's your version, mm-hmm. which is, honestly, there's only one correct version, yeah. and that's the original people that created yeah, it. Yeah, the original. Um, the <laughs> exactly, group. the original group. The group. Yeah. But it's kind of a, a show built on this kind of bizarre openness of a world. Mm-hmm. I, it almost to me, like I've translated a few times mm-hmm. to Harry Potter where it's like you built this universe mm-hmm. that everything can live in. And that's why there was the, um, there's the Tumblr kind of has like their own kind of role play version of it. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to hear you come back from 1998, 99, mm-hmm. when there isn't all of this discourse from it because mm-hmm. it doesn't exist yet except for in this one little world yeah. and most people who that's the 90 the 98 movies the only thing they're exposed, the only to. Thing they're exposed to um yeah and then and, and they don't know any yeah. of the differences and i came from the world where again remember way back when i was talking in the beginning i had no pictures i had the music yeah. i had to imagine what these characters were doing and way they looked i only had grainy black and white pictures. So when I saw the show at live for the first time, I was blown away. But when, you know, the other kids, they just saw the movie and they were blown away by the movie on a screen. But I had to imagine it all for five years before I saw it. And that mm-hmm. I think has a sort of special, mm-hmm. I mean, I was almost like one of the original cast members because in the UK, they showed up on rehearsal day. What are we doing? We don't know what we're doing. What are we going to look like? How are we going to move? How are we going to act? How are we going to sing? And with the video, it was all laid out. It's flat and it's just there, you know, and you can mm-hmm. love the lights and the music and everything, but it's still on the screen. And um, there's no, um, I guess you could say the imaginatory, imagine, imaginativeness of it because it's, it's there. And then you can take from the movie what you want and you can build on what the movie is. 
but I never built on the movie. I just went to the show because I wanted to see the actors. I wanted to see the actors interacting and I want to see the music. And, and I was way pro live show than I was the movie, of course, you know, cause it's just the background mm-hmm. that I had. Yeah. For sure. it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's an interesting way you're bringing this up that I like, I'm always would love to kind of go back to talk to some of the fans mm-hmm. of like, what was the first interaction with the show? Cause yours mm-hmm. was music first. Mine was the music. It was, yep. it, was, it music. was the music. And then you got to see a production yep. that was really the original, you almost know, the kind original. of choreography almost and group, the, almost the original. Oh, yeah. 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 And then and then you have this kind of years later, this movie version. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if you've with, seen with the, the things revival, cut out. But, yeah, the things were cut yeah. out and there was no Growl Tiger. And yeah. And, and then the revival is yeah. totally different. The There's some, yes, you know, choreography changes and yeah, uh, different characters oh and some God. stuff changed. <laughs> I am. I, I'm I'm tr- I am truly Grizabella. You're talking to Grizabella because she's no change. Please. I want things to stay yeah. <laughs> the way they are. Uh, don't mess I, with perfection. I'm now curious because... <laughs> Exactly. I was the, I was almost the, a, a middle version of yours, mm-hmm. although I saw 2016 revival first, mm-hmm. but I saw a stage production before hearing, I'd heard the music because okay. at this point in life, most yeah. people have at least heard memory, mm-hmm. but I'd never heard the whole soundtrack. Oh, sure. I've never heard the whole thing. Oh, cool. So I saw that version first. Then I heard it all. Oh, then cool. I watched the 98 movie okay. because that's what's on YouTube. And now I've now assessed it from every from angle. Every angle yeah. Um, yeah. But I've not been able to actually go back to an original mm-hmm. production because mm-hmm. it's hard to find. There's not like an easy bootleg. No, you no, have to go no. to like the, no. the library, you know, like Lincoln Center Library and to, get a press I tell you about to get this. It. I went to the New York Public Library and I sat down there and I cried tears of joy when I saw that. And I, I was mm-hmm. good. I was really good. I did not pick up my phone. I did not record it. I didn't take a single picture of the little, the little grainy screen. I mean, it's literally, it's not a big flat screen TV. (laughs) It's a tiny little box. And it's like, probably like a smaller than the box behind you, the flat screen behind me. Okay. About cut that in half. Yeah. Cut this in half. Okay. A square box. And they shot it like that. And I cried tears. I cried tears when I saw that, when I saw Betty Buckley, because I really, if, if I could, I'd travel back in time and sit with Hector like the second week the show opened. I would, I would do anything to, yeah. to go back and see that. I don't think many people have so seen that version. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. That version is hard to go because, you know, mm-hmm. to go see that, it's not just like on display. You've got no, to you schedule have, time and you've got to get to them to, and you have to be like, and you have to exactly ready in their, th- you know, in their yeah. room. You don't get to bring it home. And it's, it's an experience for yeah, sure. I did that about five, that is, I did that about five years ago before COVID. And these are my original notes. I had to take notes when I was watching wow. it because there was so much that was different that had been changed. I mean, it was, it's great. I mean, well, I was watching it and by act two, I just stopped. I just stopped taking notes, act two and everything like yeah, that. You just want to be in, yeah. you want to be in the, you know, in it at that point. Yeah, it's um, it's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. The stuff here, the pirates with the masks, you know, the masks, the pirate masks that they wore on Growl Tiger. They wore I have never masks. seen this. I've never seen this version. No, the original Broadway production, they wore masks on their head and I have all four of them. I've all four of those original masks. You own the masks. I own those masks. Wow. Yeah. I own them. They're really, oh, they stink. They're really bad because a lot of the, the leather yeah. and everything <laughs> is starting to go. But like when, you know, you say when you bring food home to preserve it and you store it in a cool, dark place. Okay. Yeah. My costumes mm-hmm. are stored in a cool, dark place. Okay. They're in a, they're, they're being, you know, taken care of. 
you know preserved preserved I love yes, it. yes and you know you've got one that's it's cool that you also have one on on display in a museum yeah, which I'm, is I, I contacted cool to, them. to share with the world yeah i contacted them because i did want to share it i i really start want to start sharing some of my costumes and uh sending it to various um but this was a theater museum so i'm like whoa why don't do you have anything from cats? And they said, no, we have one of the Siamese. And I said, oh, Siamese are a dime a dozen. I can get you Gumby. I can get you Mistopheles and I can get you, um, I can get you unitards, wigs, you know, whatever you want. So I started collecting on eBay when it started. And I was amazed when I first went on eBay. And then I was amazed at the prices that people were asking. Yeah. And um, so I... eventually, because of all these new fans, I got, caught up in a lot of bidding wars so a lot of my stuff i mm. paid way too much money for but it was it was pretty much worth it because sometimes people don't realize that if i'm bidding on something i might be bidding on something that matches something i already own you mm. know so if it's a, yeah. a, a uk bomb ballerina wig and her unitard comes up i want to get the whole set and just yeah i kind of just want the whole thing you understand and yeah and now i don't really do that much um collecting i don't not anymore since covid not not for financial reasons i'm I'm able to but um you know i'm just i have a lot i have a lot now yeah. so it's like you know um, now you're looking for the the, the few things that I'm are looking for the really like super interesting super to you. interesting stuff yeah. yeah it's like if yeah. you're a beginning collector and you want to collect for cats the first thing you're going to collect is a pair of shoes I mean, literally, shoes, shoes are a dime a dozen. Mm. You can go to the Broadway flea market, and there's probably they're still selling shoes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, shoes is whatever. Um, the holy grail of cats can, uh, collecting goes from this. It goes shoes, warmers, gloves, collars, unitards, wigs, specialty costume item, full cat's character costume item, full specialty character so, yeah, it goes from there all the way down in terms of rarities. To find an, a, a complete, like, um, character costume, like, say you were going to get Growl Tiger, you know, all the way down, you know, that that's going to go for a lot mm -hmm. of money. It's going to go for a lot. So, um, yeah. but for collecting, the that's pretty much, you're going to wait five or six years before you're going to get a, a full specialty. Long, long time. Yeah, long, long time. Yeah. Again, it's it's like unless you know the person that yeah, has it, you know them, it's the type of yeah. stuff that doesn't pop up for sale very no, often. No, 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 no. And so no, when it does, there's a group of people bidding on it, but no, there's no. It, it all exists. You know, it all lives it's somewhere. All summer. People um, are which is storing yeah. stuff everywhere, like all the brothers. No they probably don't even know they have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the actors kept their tails. I thought that was kind of cool because it's, it's really portable. Yeah. You can stuff a tail and roll it yeah. up and stick it with your, you know, I have a Jean Valjean jacket and here's my monkey strap tail, you know, just roll it up and yeah. shove it in the pocket because they're, you know, easily portable and stuff. But that's true. Yeah. So um, um, I want to do a little bit of rapid fire for you uh, about mm -hmm. cats. So um, first would be is if you were in the play mm -hmm. in the show, which cat would you want to play? Which cat would I want to play? Um, I think I want to play Jelly, Jelly Lorem. Jelly, yeah, she's more kind of my okay. kind of my. Uh, she doesn't do a lot of dancing, which is great, but she has to sing, and I can't sing, and I can't dance. But I, I think I could embody um, Jelly, and that's one of my favorite numbers. You, it's funny you say that because um, Jelly is one is one of my favorite cats. Um, of course, I love them all, but the Gus, the theater cat number, alongside with Memory, that's mm -hmm. one of my favorite favorite numbers i like it because it's slow yeah. and it's 
and she's being solicitous to him and whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's making sure he's okay, but, you know, come on, come on, come on. You know, tell us, tell us your, tell us what you used to do when you were younger. And I, I like that. I mean, mm-hmm. It's quiet. And yeah. it's just kind of, if you get an actor that can play Gus really, really well, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that a yeah. lot. I like, yeah. I like Gus. <laughs> Who are your favorite and least favorite characters in the show? Um, like which cats are your favorite? They change. Um, when I was okay. when I was in the beginning of the fandom, it was Victoria. I loved Victoria, mm-hmm. and then as you know, I've grown up with the show. I was twelve, and now I'm of a certain age. <laughs> I say over fifty. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I liked Victoria when I was younger because I wanted I wanted to be a twelve plus. Yeah, I wanted to be a ballerina. You know, I wanted to dance, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it was Victoria, and then it gradually morphed into Jelly in the 2000s, and now it's morphed, morphed into Grizabella. And then starring role with Grizabella is Monkish Shop. Yeah, I love Monkish Shop. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards him now as Monk. I love Monk. Um, the, I think he's a the he's a great female character. characters that you've just kind of I love that the female you characters mm-hmm. are through like the ages is you've kind of followed suit like exactly with yeah. the ages of the cats, with the cats yeah so you've kind of kind of grown with them. yeah young mm-hmm. and kind of innocent do you have a least favorite a least favorite cats oh no I love them all <laughs> I no, love I can't, all can't of them one. no I can't no I love all of them um, I think you've love answered favorite so song you said it's Gus and Gus and Memory I I'd say the Jellicle Ball. Gus and memory. Mm-hmm. I think the three of those, the Jellicle Ball just for the complete exuberance of, you know, the dancing and the music and the Warsaw, you know, and um, mm-hmm. just, you know, British Airways in Warsaw and uh, yeah. <laughs> and then um, I like Gus because it's nice and quiet. I like it because the cats would come out really early in the early days mm, and they yeah. would come out and they would stare at you if you were down at the front row. And then I come and then I once saw Tumble Brutus. There was an orchestra pit. Tumble Brutus stretched out his leg and he did the splits over the orchestra so he could get to a little kid. <laughs> Literally. And he's like wow. doing the splits. And then he just kind of just kind of like stretches and bring, he holds on to the edge of the orchestra pit and he pulls his leg all the way around. And I was like, wow, you know, on the edge of the orchestra pit, you know, but still, it was yeah. it was really cool. And that was before Moments of Happiness. I also mm-hmm. saw Mungo Jane Rumble Teaser come out one time. Um, they were right in front of me and they saw me staring at them. And Rumple's like shaking her head, shaking her head, shaking her head. And then finally she starts spinning in a circle. She just goes crazy and starts spinning in a circle and her tail's like spinning around. And Mungo is like... St- <laughs> completely frozen and she's going in a circle and the whole audience just starts laughing and stuff and then she stops and then she looks at me and she goes "Mm," you know and just kind of just you know slithered off and stuff it was so funny it was hilarious (laughs) so they used to do that in the beginning they used to do the interactions and Mm -hmm. and um i miss all that so badly i miss it i miss green eyes in the new now it sounds like tugger yeah, b- yeah because, they can't do green eyes right now because of COVID. Yeah, they can't. No, it's because of um, it's because of pretty much um, litigation. I guess you could say they stopped people from going up on stage because a little a little boy fell into the orchestra pit and broke his leg, and the the parents uh, oh, you know I almost I think they might have sued, and then they said okay we can't we can't have people come up on stage anymore and blah 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 and plus people were trying to steal 
the junk. They were kind of pulling at it and trying to steal the junk uh, off the walls. You know, and this is back in the 90s. So they, they only let people stay on the stage at the Winter Garden because there was no orchestra pit in front. But people still stumbled oh, going up and down those ramps. And, um, and then the second reason, too, um, was, um, I believe, is mostly just Tugger, the assaulting. Remember the thing about Tugger? And some woman tried to bring a lawsuit against them because they said that he manhandled her and pulled her you know, physically up to dance. Because at the time, Tugger would come down in the audience and he'd find a, a woman, yeah. a lady, and he'd just person, like, let's go yeah. dance. I danced with the Tugger four yeah. times. It was great. Oh, I loved it. I danced with the Tugger four times, and the last two times, Hector got Frank Mestrincola and a bunch of other, David Hibbard, you know, to dance with me. And um, because they knew that I would go crazy, and you know, I loved it. And um, mm-hmm. he would go, oh, there she is. There she's got a kiss. And I think this woman Less. decided that she just didn't want to be manhandled like that. And I, I don't think it was manhandling. I think you're just like, hey, lady, come on, let's dance. Come on, I'm shaking myself in yeah. front of you. And then she just, you know, decided to, you know, okay, we're not doing this anymore. And um, yeah. also a lot of... It's a different time, for It was sure. a really different time, exactly. And a lot of the things, too, was that... Um, I think there was even one crazy lawsuit right near the end before they stopped all the interaction was that um, one of the cats scared a little old lady and she left the show and had almost a heart attack. And they wanted yeah. to, they wanted to say, because it was in the dark, you know, and the cats would pop up around mm-hmm. the. They jump edges. out and scare. Yeah, and scared it scared the, life the out of lady. Me. And every so often, yeah. I would laugh because I'd be down in the front row in the first couple rows, and I'd hear a scream behind me, and I, oh, they're coming in, you know. <laughs> Or you know, during green yeah. eyes, they would people would scream, and and the tunnel in front and the Cassandra I, would pop up. I was up. not prepared for it. Yeah, you're not prepared. And a lot of these people, little old ladies, ninety year old ladies, and you know, and I was like, oh my god, and they would be, oh, you know, and I would look over, oh my god, yeah, it's like over oh, here, there we go again. So, but it, yeah. yeah, I think it was. That. I always get a kick out of. Yeah, Tyler I'm, Haynes, to, um, who was Tugger in 2016, mm-hmm. said that he got hit. Yeah. He scared somebody and a little kid hit him. Yeah, they, they so, like scared him and they, they swung back. Yeah, the but, audiences would um, get scared. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's ask the most important question. Mm-hmm. I've argued at length that I don't think Grizabella is the right choice. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear, do you want to defend Grizabella or are mm-hmm. you going to have a different jellical choice? I thought about this the whole week and you're probably the answers are going to probably <laughs> kind of blow your mind. I've categorized it into male and female. Okay. For the males, I would say okay. for the males, I would say Plato. And for the females, I would say Cassandra. And the reason why I say that is so, because yeah, yeah, the reason I explain yeah, it I is that give, give me the rationale. Yeah. I would say that because both of them are slightly older and um they're both mysterious. So they're sort of related to um spiritual matters, kind of like, you know, um, Cassandra's related to royalty, I guess, the pharaohs and the sphinx. And she's a very mysterious type of character. And I think that she would um, kind of relate to sort of this. Plato was uh, the um, protege of Aristotle. Okay. And Plato mm-hmm. wrote Plato's Republic and the, the Greek philosophers and things like that. And I think that Plato would be kind of like, I'm a philosopher but I want to know what's coming next. And then Cassandra, because Cassandra is related to um, the Oracle, the Oracle of Delphi in Greece. And the reason mm-hmm. I say both of these characters, because they're both Grecian char- names, they're Grecian names. There's a lot of Greek names in the cats um, cast. And T.S. Eliot, 
apparently he was obsessed with the, the Greek gods and goddesses. And Plato was supposed to be, you know, actually they thought he was the son of a god. And Cassandra was part of the oracle of Delphi. And if um, Cassandra is the one that broadcasted, there's going to be a disaster. The city is going to be attacked. There's a disaster. Nobody believes me. Or any, nobody believes me. Please, I'm, I'm warning you. She is the harbinger of a warning. So, and um, I just thought that she's kind of associated with those things of the oracle at Delphi because people would go to the woman in the cave and she would give them their auguries, you know, you know, stuff. That's where we get the blind justice because the oracle was always blind and she was seated over a vat of fire, you know, giving the oracles. So I think that those two characters would be really, I think they'd be like, um, you know, the Egyptian Book of the Dead and the, the transformation, you know, into the Ka spirit, you know, things like that. So I, I kind of like that. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of a unique way to think about it. I, I think yeah. it's, a, it's definitely different than how I've thought about it in the past. But I mean, mm-hmm. anytime it's not Christabel, I'm happy. Yeah. You're my second Cassandra vote and the first Plato yeah. vote that I have. Okay, so yeah. um, it's always cool to get a new explanation, too, because mm-hmm. it's a yeah, it's, it's part of the fun. That's really yeah, it's really, really cool. I well, love this it. has been yeah, great. <laughs> such a fun episode. Thank so thank you so much for coming on and sharing sure. your story. And great. Um, I wish the, the one downside time. is showing some of these cool pictures and all this stuff oh, yeah. is that it didn't you know, it's a podcast. So so I, I got to enjoy it. But um, everyone else, everyone else, maybe I'll have you yeah. maybe I'll have you send me a picture or two of some of the things you showed and we'll put it on Instagram when oh, we post sure. the episode. Sure. That's great. Yeah, I had a great time. It's wonderful. I could tell you tons of stories. You know, I've got tons of them. Yeah. <laughs> all the times I've seen the show, I could talk to well, you. You know, cast members and meeting cast members and all that type of stuff. And yeah, it's just a lot of really. It's just that's fun. awesome. Well, thank you, and thanks everyone else for listening to this episode of the Ron Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cast catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else to listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the Ron Cat Died, or check our website theroncatdied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.